heroes that qualified before. David Cooper then to take the free kick for Scotland. At Wembley, we see their likes again. Hi, I'm James Forrest. Hi, I'm John McGinn. Help Scotland beat England. In Glasgow's East End, this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Yes, good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard, one of Scottish football's biggest nights in many a year. Games against England are special enough. That's before you add in Wembley, the Euros and the first tournament in 23 years. Czech Republic are leading Croatia at Hamden at the moment. What will that mean for our chances of progression? I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me at Drygate, you've got a cast of thousands. Mark Wilson, Gordon Diel, Charlie Mulgrew and Hugh Keevans. The game's at Wembley. It could just as easily have been at Wimbledon because if Scotland get nothing out of England tonight, it could very well be game, set and match for us at Euro 2020. <laughs> Let's be honest, there is no margin for error after that defeat from the Czech Republic at Hamden on Monday. A nation, therefore, holds its breath tonight. Steve Clark says England against Scotland is a game of historical significance. The players he picks tonight have the opportunity to become legends, leaving an indelible mark on Scottish football history. Good luck to them. Under two hours to kick off, Mark Wilson. You can feel the mood in this city building. Yeah. You've seen the scenes coming out of London as well. Just how exciting is this? It's quite incredible. I mean, I remember obviously the last time Scotland uh, played England at Wembley and the excitement around those games, but this seems extra special. Um, maybe it's just because I'm an adult and I can take it all in now, seeing around the city, but the the way the players must be feeling just now, it must be an incredible sense of pride going to Wembley and having been tasked with, with coming out of there with something other than a defeat. So, can't wait for it to begin, Gordon. It's been a long build-up when we, England were drawn in our group and tonight is the night. Gordon, as far as international football goes, it doesn't get much bigger than this, does it? Massive. Absolutely massive. I think like the rest of the country, excited, nervous, anxious, but quietly confident, Gordon. It's been a long time since we won in this fixture. I think you can go back to 1999, Don Hodgson. Um, we need heroes tonight. We need um, you know, guys to step up to the mark. We need something out of this game. And it's got to be a real difficult game. Let's not be kidded here. We're playing one of the favourites in our own backyard. Um, but I just hope the lads get a lot of confidence tonight, especially with the support. You can see the scenes in London. You can see the scenes all around Scotland. We're all with them and we wish them all the best. Charlie Mulgrew is a man who's played against England and been in and around this current Scotland squad. How are you feeling ahead of tonight? The same as everybody else, probably a wee bit nervous, excited, looking forward to watching the game, but I think our only hope tonight is a 1-0 win. I, I, I can't see any other scoreline that, that, that Scotland will be positive for Scotland. A draw, I'd probably take a draw now if I was offered it. Um, if we're going to win the game, we're going to win it 1-0, I'd imagine, uh, by a single goal. Um, so we're going to need to be tight defensively and uh, I'm hoping we can get something uh, A stunning strike from Perisic has just levelled things up at Hamden in the other game in the group so it's now Croatia 1 Czech Republic 1, I'll leave that to you lot to decide what that means, if that's good or not, there are various permutations 
Uh, of course, three, well, po three points for us tonight would uh, take a lot of that out of the equation, Hugh, but it's going to be a monumental ask. What I would say to you about that goal, a fantastic strike, but the goalkeeper looked a bit suspect <laughs> to me. Yeah. Uh, and this is the guy who had a worldie against us on Monday. Uh, and now he is reverting to form because he was dropped by Seville halfway through the, the season in Spain uh, for being poor. And there he is tonight, showing why he got dropped. So it, fate is not our pal at the moment. Hugh's so chuffed about his Czech Republic goalkeeping knowledge. That was from magnificent. He's, he's decided to bring it back out again. <laughs> it took us all by surprise. <laughs> party piece. Right. It's in his locker. Uh, we are on air until 11 o'clock, well past Hugh Keevan's bedtimes. Uh, but you can join us right up until then. 01419511025, the usual number. You can tweet us at Clyde SSB, but it goes without saying. On this the footballing night of all nights, we'd love to speak to you on the phone. So pick it up, dial that number, and let us know how you're feeling. I'm a bag of nerves. Charlie McGrew says he's a bit nervous. I don't think Hugh Keevans gets nervous no, at his listen, age. I went for a walk in our city today. Well, I, I should say my city. I'm Mark Wilson's city. And Charlie McGrew's city. The rest of you are Ouija's. But <laughs> uh, the, the atmosphere up and down Buchanan Street today, sensational. The busker's fantastic. Never seen so many Scotland strips in my life. Uh, and it really is... People are coming in here just to be here. Yep. And the game's in London. <laughs> yeah, there is a real sense of anticipation. So let's share that. Then share it on the phones. Pick it up. Let us know how you're feeling, how are the nerves, who should play. That's been the debate which has raged on since, since half-time on Monday, you would have to say. So who should play? This is your last chance, really, to come on here and pick your team. How are you feeling? What plans have you got tonight? Have you got something grand planned? Is it a, a street party, a, an outdoor gathering, getting folk rounds to the house? Whatever it might be, we want to hear from you and we'll share the occasion together. Just a reminder, as we've been doing throughout the Euros, every caller who makes it on air during the show goes into the draw to win a retro Scotland top thanks to Greaves Sports. So a wee extra incentive for you if you want to pick up the phone, a couple of the guy. I mean, Gordon Diels looks, that looks like an authentic FIFA World Cup Argentina 1978 number. Yes, it is. I know for a fact you weren't picked. For no, that. no, so I missed out in that squad. I was yet? available. But I missed out. Is there a story there? <laughs> There's a story behind bit. every extra pie to turn up with. The one thing we all know, you didn't buy it. That's for no, sure. Absolutely oh, no chance, never. though. No, I've been just given that. I've got a good friend that um, collects a lot of strips, and I'm going to produce another one next week as well. So it's all good. He's sitting next to a guy with multiple caps. How many, Charlie? Over 40, maybe? 44. And he says, 44? <laughs> Dad says he was going to bring his cap. <laughs> <laughs> what cap could you possibly <laughs> have? Somebody gave him one. Charlie, you're sitting beside the real deal here. I've <laughs> worked out where the strip comes from, Mark. It's, it's known as resetting stolen goods. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking like. Anyway, 01419511025, pick up the phone, let us know how you're feeling, and you can tweet us as well, at Clyde SSB. How will the players be feeling, Charlie? You played in that most recent game, the Lee Griffiths game. Yep. Now, obviously, there's maybe that, that added bit because it's Wembley and it's the Euros, but drawing on that experience, how will they be feeling? There'll be a lot of nerves, a lot of, a lot of excitement. Different people, obviously, react differently before games. Um, but they don't need they don't need um, motivated. They'll be able to motivate themselves. Uh, they'll be up for it. They'll know how, how important the game is. They'll know how big a game it is. How much the nation are are, are behind them. Um, it's just a great occasion to be involved in, and it's one that every player wants to play in. They type of games, but they'll be under no illusions. They'll know how hard it is, how hard it's going to be, and they'll be hoping that they can they can um, get something from the game. But I think. To be honest, it suits it suits Scotland these type of games because yeah. they're, they are the underdog. With every passing five minutes that England don't score, they'll get belief. And um, the longer it goes nil nil, I think 
the, the more belief will come into the squad and the more um, the, the more chance we've got of nicking a result. Because I keep hearing that the key is actually to treat it like every other game. We've had some ex-Scotland players on through the week and they say, you know, don't do anything different, the, the routine's the same and you treat it like every other game. But you've just said you've got 44 caps, some would have been against minnows and some would have been against England. It must have felt different. It feels different, but I think maybe what the people say when they, they try to say just treat it like any other game is maybe don't play the occasion. Just play your game and focus on that because some people get carried away with the occasion. But it's hard not to get caught up in the atmosphere and get caught up in that that feeling of you're overexcited, you're, you're, you're nervous, you know how much it means. But these games are the best ones to play in because there's not a lot of expectation on Scotland tonight. The big pressure's on England. England are expected to win three or four or five now. What the way I've been hearing some people talking, so hopefully this will play into our hands and we can we can hang on and get some sort of result. Right, let's get stuck in. 01419511025. Gary is first up from Colsaith tonight. How are you feeling, Gary? Are you any calmer than me? Yeah, I'm calm actually. Hi, I'm I'm just looking forward to the game, you know. Um, my wife is very patriotic about Scotland. My wife, I lost my wife on the 4th of April. Um, Still got you, Gary? Um, she was very patriotic. Um, I just hope we do, do it tonight. Do you think we will? Yes, I think we will, yes. I think we will, yes. If we get it right, if we get the tactics right, and, and, and well, Gary sounds like he's confident, Mark Wilson. How are you feeling, actually? That's a bit we've not gauged yet. I can't decide, so let's not even bother um, with me. But uh, Listen, I think it's going to be incredibly hard for the boys. I, I think that goes without saying. But there is, there is something in me that I, I believe we have got a core of players who are used to playing on big occasions. You know, when you go through it, uh, you know, McTomady and, and McGinn and, and other guys who have who have played in Champions League games. So we're well experienced now. They find it difficult at times, but I just got a feeling we might get something out of this game tonight. I mean, look, Charlie's right. Every, you know, listen to other other pundits from England and, and certain outlets. It's if we are just turned up there to make up the numbers and they believe that Gareth Southgate can change any number of players from that Croatia game and they'll go out and try in Scotland. I don't think it'll be that easy for England. Um, I think in England will be feeling very confident, Gordon. There's no doubt about that, especially the quality of the, the, the squad they've got. I know what Mark's saying, that Southgate can change a number of uh, positions, a number of players, but the quality he's got behind that stacks it up, backs it up. Uh, they're on their own pitch. Um, they'll be very confident, but I just think if we can, we'll need a bit of luck. Like, there's n let's not get away from this. As much as we say, well, we've got players that have played in the big stage, we'll be nervous tonight because if we had to go and lose an early goal, I think this could be a hard night for us. I just think we've got to get the right team, you know, the right belief. We'll need that little bit of luck, and if we can do that, then I'm certain that we can get over the line. Mark Wilson touched on the, the media arrogance, which uh, tends to come to the fore when. It, Scotland play England I wouldn't bother about that at all because they respond like that in every major tournament in which they play and it normally comes to a bad end and then they turn on the English team so I, I wouldn't bother about what they think I know it's under the skin of Andy Robertson uh, and others within the squad Hugh, I, th I think it suits us for that I was looking for even more of that because the more that more, the more they say stuff 
I think the more it motivates and the more underdogs we become and it suits us and I think it can be used if if it's got under Andy Robertson's skin then perfect. The only thing the only thing I'll say about that, Charlie, is it's not the Southgate's not come down and saying that. He's come out uh-huh. and saying the Lee Griffiths goals hurt me. You know, so he's not coming out like the pundits down there and the people down there and the confidence and the arrogance. That manager knows that if they're below par tonight, we've got players that can hurt them. So I think that Southgate quietly in that dressing room will be warning these players, listen, we've got to be at it. I mean, Gary, you mentioned there you think we can do it. You're optimistic. You said if we get the tactics right. What, what does that mean? Is there anyone in particular you want to see start the game? What does your team look like or, or how should we approach it? I would like to see we uh, Billy Gilmore get a start, uh, Gordon, because um, I think I think he's he's been really well for Chelsea this year. He's he's, he's played really great. He's, he's been brilliant for Chelsea. I've watched him all season. He's been absolutely fabulous in the middle of the park. And I'd like to see be Nathan Patterson getting a wee shot as well, because I think his his defensive he's been really he's he's been really really good. Um, I just hope that. Uh, I'm a first-time caller, by the way, so I'm sorry for that. I'm just a wee bit nervous, but... Oh, don't be I daft. Listen, that, right it's, it's the type of occasion that, that makes people do things they wouldn't normally do, like call this radio show, I'm sure, Gary. The Gilmore-Patterson debate, would you... have? I take it you've got no qualms about the occasion then? Because we're we are talking here about how big this is, and Charlie's saying that you know it's, it's obviously bigger than, than other international matches. you think those two are the type that could handle it? Yes, I think so. Yes, of course. I, uh, two minutes, mate. That's my delivery coming. All right, <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll wait for no, you. No, 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 no. booze is in. <laughs> now we're talking, right? For, forget the football. What's what's the delivery? We're going to rate it. Yeah, hey, I'm getting a, I'm getting a, I'm getting a king kebab. So I'm going to enjoy king it. Kebab. Oh, that's oh, that's oh, very nice. Oh, that does sound alright. To be fair, king kebab, Hugh. I don't like kebabs. Oh, for goodness' sake! Oh, a king one. <laughs> Come on, Hugh. Honestly, doesn't he like yeah. chocolate? Doesn't he like kebabs? No, no, no. Can you, you send me <laughs> round the curry? Uh, yeah. He is actually What's a delivery guy. On. It's not. It's not. <laughs> ner- it's not nervous <laughs> driver, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm going. I'm going to let Gary go so he can deal with that because he's from. He's from your neck of the woods, Mark. Is he? And I'm, ah, well, he's from nervous driver. Oh, I'm, won- I'm wondering if it's the same I delivery guy that gets in touch, slaughter you for never tipping him. Charlie, have you heard this? Nervous. Is it nervous yeah, for about the last five years, there's a delivery driver called Nervous Driver that gets in touch with the show, slaughter me, because <laughs> I don't give a <laughs> Honestly, well, we tight as can be. Uh, uh, Gary, enjoy your king kebab, enjoy your night. Hopefully, uh, we get the result. Right, go on then. Gary, like countless others, it, it's been a great debate all week, and if, if we had to do a poll, I think. 99% of the country seem to want Billy Gilmore to start the game a lot want Nathan Patterson I, I'm not sure the percentage on that one but it's still a lot give us your team go on the lot of you let's rattle through them because um, we're about to find it out ok well I would uh, my team would be I would stick with David Marshall and goals I would go back three a Henry Hanley and Tierney I would go O'Donnell right wing back Robertson left wing back McGinn McTominay and Gilmore in the midfield Adams up top and either Fraser or Forrest off him. I need to pick one. I'm not having you sit in the fence. Forrest. Wow. Gordon DL. Uh, Charlie, you go first. Right. I've wrote <laughs> senior, senior, I guess. Right. I've wrote, doing, I've wrote doing what I think the team will be, but it's not necessarily what I would pick. So right. I'll, I, I'll change it and just go with what I would pick. So I would go, I would go um, Craig Gordon and goals. I would go Hanley, Declan Gallagher, 
Kieran Tierney. Andy Roberts on the left. I would go Ryan Fraser on the right, wing back. Ooh. I would play McTominay and McGinn. I would play Forrest on the right, inside. And I would play McGregor on the left. And I would go for Che Adams up front. Ooh, so I would go a 5-4-1. I mean, the thing is, you've admitted it yourself. We all, we all know that's not happening, but it sounds good. Aye, it's never going to happen. <laughs> never going to happen. But that's what you would do, and that's what I asked that's for. That's what I would do. Hugh Evans, you get the deciding vote. I, I was going right. to sit here and be like Ronan Keating. Uh, Sorry? A, a, a version of I see your choice instead of I see your voice. But I've decided... <laughs> Very <laughs> good shot. I decided to go my own way and have Marshall in goal. Henry Hanley Tierney, O'Donnell Roberts neither side, McGinley McTominay, Gilmer, Adams and Dykes. Wow, okay, what do you think? 01419511025, pick up the phone. Who should play tonight? <laughs> we'll go live to Wembley next and find out what's happening down there. Hi, I'm James Forrest. Scotland take on England in Group D match day two. As it happens at Wembley. This is the beginning of it, it's the This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Welcome back to Scotland HQ at Drygate Brewery in Glasgow. I'm Gordon Duncan. We've got Mark Wilson, Gordon DL, Charlie Mulgrew and Hugh Keevans here. We're here right through until 11 o'clock, unless Hugh decides to go up the road early. <laughs> but we're building up to the game. We'll keep you up to date on everything that's happening and hopefully we'll be celebrating after the full-time whistle. So keep the calls coming in, 01419511025. We can't be far away at all from the team being announced at Wembley, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Let's go down to London at the moment and catch up with our senior sports reporter, Alison Conroy. Alison, how's it going? Brilliant. Um, obviously in Wembley, the Scotland fans are starting to take their seats in Wembley as well. Now, I know you guys have had absolutely amazing weather today. It's been like a monsoon down here today. My socks are soaking. My I'm feet lucky. are ringing, <laughs> honestly. It's been unbelievable and you've got this lovely weather, but it's not dampened the spirits of the Scotland fans, as you can imagine, they're down in their thousands. Obviously, it's about 3,000 that will have tickets to come into Wembley, but they've all found different places to, to watch the game, to party. They've booked out pubs. They're in Leicester Square because they're obviously not allowed in Trafalgar Square. It's been set aside for a fan zone, so they've decided that Leicester Square is where they'll um, base themselves as well. Now, the players' families, of course, have travelled down for this. I spoke to Nathan Patterson's mum and dad before the game on Monday. I met them again today as they were coming out the train station as well. And some other um, families down as well. Andrew McLean spoke to Declan Gallagher's mum and dad, Pat and Nadine, as they grabbed a bite to eat earlier in central London. It's absolutely amazing. It's dead surreal knowing that this is the first time we've been to a competition, a major competition like this in 22 years in my son's part of the squad. So it's a double, a double whammy for us it's absolutely fantastic just how proud are you as a dad you've obviously watched him grow up as a footballer and, and you know where he's missed a game he's never missed a game went to Moscow when that was his first call up so we've been everywhere to watch him went to Cyprus STV managed to get two photos of myself with my tap half all his heart and army so no probably thought he's staying on today yeah uh, yep with me, yes. Is that strict order? Strict orders, yeah, definitely. <laughs> what was that like the first time you saw him pull on that Scotland top? Well, it's, we've been following his football for years. He started football at the age of four, and we followed him to every game, no matter where it be. 
and it's, it, it was a goal for us for one day that we'd play for Scotland. It's, it's the biggest achievement for us, so it was just like it was a pot of gold the end of the rainbow wasn't it Paul got to the end of the rainbow when he pulled that, that top on asking these kind of questions I'm going to be greeting in a minute <laughs> just what, what would it mean to you obviously that a, a game like tonight if Declan got on at Wembley in a major oh, tournament in a game listen, it's, a, it's a lifetime dream isn't it? it's a lifetime dream for him it, never mind us do you know what I mean but we couldn't be any prouder but we're proud of her we're girl as well she's just passed her forensic science masters degree so we've been pretty lucky with both her kids we're forensically going to go over this team in just a second. You can just hear the pride there from Declan Gallagher's oh, yeah. parents, even it being just in, involved at all, it being down there, whether he plays tonight or not. Um, but Alison, that, you didn't stop there. You've been bumping into all sorts of interesting folks down there in London. Yeah, they've all been out in force. We were in central London earlier. We then came out to, to Wembley. The fans queuing to go into a, a pub there to hide from the rain and obviously prepare for coming down to Wembley as well. Wembley Way absolutely bouncing before the game. And Andrew also grabbed a word with Jack Henry's dad. Proudest punch. Absolutely delighted for him. He's worked so hard for this. So, yeah, delighted for him. And th fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, you've obviously grown up watching them play Absolutely. all over the place. Yeah. What, what, what would a moment like this been to you? Oh, it's gonna. There's gonna be a lump of throat and a, a tear in the eye. I mean, he's you know from from you know nearly as soon as he could walk, kicking a ball right through all the ranks, boys' club right up to you would never have believed it even possible. So yeah, dream dream for Jack and all his family. Delighted. Incredible occasion down there. Clearly, we hope everyone is behaving and doing what they should do. You're not meant to be out and about. You're supposed to have a, a safe place to watch the game or a ticket to the match. So hopefully that's followed uh, where possible. But it's been quite something, Alison. What about on the, the football side of things? You're there at Wembley. I don't even need to ask you about the pitch. I'm sure it's looking absolutely magnificent. Any hint of team news yet? little hint that I've been given from earlier on. I, I wouldn't expect Nathan Patterson to start this game tonight. It doesn't look likely that he's going to start at Wembley. I think they'll stick with Stephen O'Donnell for this one. But I think there is a chance that Billy Gilmore could be in this starting 11. And of course, Kieran Tierney is fit as well. So we wait to see what Steve Clark has decided will be his starting 11 for this one. As the England players come out the tunnel there on the pitch at the moment, taking a look around. No sign of the Scotland squad appearing just yet. Yeah, it certainly does look like Billy Gilmore will start for Scotland at Wembley tonight. We'll give you the confirmed official team news as soon as it breaks from Wembley. I know that the suggestions are now growing stronger and stronger. Tierney certainly plays. It looks like Gilmore, McGregor and Adams, those are the, the real suggestions at the moment. Um, but let's just wait until that team sheet hits Alison's desk just to be absolutely sure. Let's go back to the phones 01419511025. Uh, let's check in with Craig who's on the line. Craig, what are you thinking? Aye, sorry, uh, your last call I was getting to take you, I was just had a chicken wing in my mouth, sorry about that, guys. Um, <laughs> I, I was just seeing the producer there. The, just, obviously, there's, there's been a lot of thoughts going through my head, and I'm trying to make this sound as less cheeky as possible to you, because uh, I know you remember the game, but I remember my, my primary school took me to Parkhead uh, for Scotland's final qualifier uh, prior to the World Cup in 1998, and it was at Parkhead, and we beat Latvia 2-0. And it was just obviously going to the World Cup, and the whole Primary 7 class went, and it was just a, a special occasion. And I was looking at the team, I just Googled it to get, you know, a wee bit of reminiscing about who was playing, and it makes me feel really old, I'm only 35, but Gary McAllister was playing in central midfield that day. 
and you know I'm always on top about Rangers and it just made me smile when I seen that but like I say I'm trying not to sound <laughs> too cheeky to you but I'm sure you remember the game and why well, was it Parkhead and no Hamden because I can't remember but it was October 1997 um, but something I was saying to producer as well is something that's made me smile the whole day is I'm, I'm working from home at the moment and two neighbours across the street one of them's a Celtic fan one's a Rangers fan and the two of them are both Scotland flags in their garden and it's just honestly it's, it's such an emotional day and it's obviously I was only about 13 last time we beat England and at Wembley but I don't know if it was Mark or somebody said 1-0 I beat them by the odd goal I think we've got the best chance to beat them in, of any team going to Wembley at the moment because there's a couple of guys a lot better English and they're saying they don't really they're not, not as confident because I think the atmosphere just the whole thing the players will be more up for it seeing you know, 20,000 down in England uh, down in London sorry and I just think Southgate for me is a really he's not super negative but I think he's very cautious as a manager and I'm disappointed to hear there that Patterson might not be playing because I'd love to have seen Steve Clark really go for it with Gilmore Adams Patterson and have a right go at them because obviously I don't want it to be too open because they've got a taste to hurt us but I sorry, I'm just absolutely rambling now, but I super excited and I think we'll all do it tonight and I would go two one Scotland if I had to guess. I remember the game that uh that Craig is talking about, the lap game at Celtic Park and the atmosphere was highly charged. But it was coming to the end of what we think of as the golden generation from seventy four to ninety eight. It was highly charged, but we expected to win and we expected to qualify. And what I witnessed today in Glasgow is what it's like at the end of the 23-year exile. People who are too young to remember the Latvia game in 97 want this. They want it. And older people, middle-aged people, children, my grandchildren, all flags, all ready, waiting for 8 o'clock. It's been a long time. It's been a hard time to take. And they've got it back and they are desperate for Scotland to do well tonight because we want this to be not just the moment that ended 23 years of exile, we want it to be the start of something yeah. and to progress from here. Craig, believe me, everybody is excited. Hugh's so excited he nearly knocked over his bottle of sparkling <laughs> water off the table there. Um, I wonder if he'll turn to something a bit stronger later on. But Mark, it is that, it's that sense of occasion and I like the wee anecdote about the rival fans across the road, they've both got Scotland flags. Even in the space of four days, the, we were all devastated on Monday. But gradually, as the week's gone on, and like you, I was out in the city centre this afternoon, and you can just feel it. You yeah. can actually feel it around you. There's a positivity, there's an expectation, there's an excitement. This, this is what international football is meant to be like. Summer after summer, for the last 23 years, we've had to sit on the outside and watch like yeah. the unpopular kids at school who don't get invited to the party. Well, this year, not only are we invited, we're hosting part yeah. of it as well, and it's, it's so good. It's incredible. I mean, on Monday afternoon, well, when the game was done and dusted and we were flat leaving here, and the Scotland squad must have been flat, and, it, you know, I said that it's up to Steve Clark to analyse the game with the squad the next day, but he has to turn it around and, and pick them up very quickly because there's only four days to go. But you're right, Gordon, day after day, the negativity started to die away. And then you see the fans arriving at London and the positivity that are, surrounds the team. More and more callers to this show was saying, why have we been so negative rather than calling in? Remember the, one of the first calls we took on Monday, somebody says he, 
it's a case for a sacking at half time for Steve <laughs> Clark. That was a little bit extreme. A little bit extreme, but the, the, the calls then turned to why we've been so negative. You know, we, we've not been at a tournament so long and we're finally there. Let's get some positivity. And round about the city, you guys were in Glasgow today and saw it. Yeah. It's incredible to be a party. My kids going to school today. They never want to go to school. But today they did want to go to school because they had their Scotland strips on that cost a pretty penny, might I say, <laughs> which I wasn't happy about. But they all wanted to be there, so it's great that the younger generation... I think what adds that. to the excitement as well, Mark, is the fact that it's been that long since we got there. Everything's new for the younger generation, and we're playing England at Wembley. Uh-huh. The greatest game, you'll, you know, growing up as a player, unfortunately, I never made it to that level to play against England at Wembley I can't understand the managers <laughs> what they were thinking especially especially if McGrew's got 44 caps and I'm sitting with none uh, but I just I just think that's icing on the cake especially for these Scottish players to look back in their careers and know that they played in such an important game as what's going to happen tonight. And see, to be fair, Mark, all the money you saved on tipping your delivery driver you paid for the Scotland, Scotland tip. You're, yeah. you're absolutely fine. Um, Charlie, this week, how do you think the players will have been feeling? Because there was a lot of negativity, there was a big backlash. What's Stevie Clark like and how will he have sh- shielded them from that? I don't think there's any shielding after Monday for the first couple of days. Uh, you're in your own head, you're running the game back. You're just really disappointed because you know that that was a, the, a big chance to get three points and probably the, the best chance in the group to get three points. Um, so the disappointment... Y- it's not, you can't just let that go, you can't just get rid of that that takes days to, to get over um, and then the minute you get back in the training field you need to then quickly change your mind to, to England and I'm sure I'm sure Steve Clark would have tried to start focusing on England as early as possible as he could mm. in the week because then that changed the mindset I'm sure he would have spoke after the game and, and spoke about what they could have done better and, and how they could have done as a team but then as soon as, he, as soon as he could I think he would have moved on to the England game and started preparing for that because he is good at doing that. Steve Clark, he, he's very um, he's very quiet. He doesn't say much, but he does it in a certain way where he starts to look at other teams or starts to start talking about the other team as a build-up comes comes up to it. And I think that um, I think that's probably how he's dealt with it. This is when you know it's getting real and it's getting close. Alison Conroy has Scotland's starting eleven for tonight's game at Wembley. Take it away, Alison. Yep, the starting 11 is in. There is that start for Billy Gilmore and Kieran Tierney is, of course, back in that starting 11 with Shea Adams starting up top with Lyndon Dykes. So your Scotland team for this big game against England at Wembley will be David Marshall in goal. But back for you, Scott McTominay, Grant Hanley and Kieran Tierney. Wing back Stephen O'Donnell and Andy Robertson. Then it'll be Callum McGregor and Billy Gilmore in the midfield. John McGinn just in front of them. Then the two strikers of Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams. Right, go on then, Craig. Give us the positive case. What do you like about that team? I like a lot. Um, I was saying to one of my, my mates today, and Hugh obviously touched on what I said about the Latvia game. It was the end of a golden generation. What actually really gives me faith in this Scotland team is, for a number of years, you know, for you know me, big Rangers fan, I would always say, missing somebody like Barry Ferguson in the middle of the park. We're talking about players now who play for Liverpool, play for Chelsea, play for Manchester United, play for Arsenal. As I say, you know, just purely from my own personal point of view, I'd have had Nathan Patterson playing because um, he's got European experience and obviously experience for Rangers. But I like the look of that team. I'm glad he's went with the two up front, Shea Adams and Dykes. I'm glad Billy Gilmer's in there. Um, 
And as I say, it just makes me even more confident about two one Scotland. And if I was to go for goal scorers, I would say Tierney and Adams. Oh, I hope they're right. This is all sounding very good to me. Quickly, we'll get into the detail because there's a lot to get through, but a brief summation of how you're all feeling about that team. Yeah, I think it's pretty brave from Steve Clark. A lot of people, including myself, would have went one up and one off. Um, and it might work out that way, but it looks like two out-and-out strikers. McTominay came into the back three. He's played there before. It looks like a team who are very comfortable on the ball. McTominay through the back, Tierney through the other side, very comfortable. Those three centre midfielders and McGinn, McGregor and Gilmore all terrific in the ball so you know that's going to be an important issue tonight not just to give the ball back to England so that they can come back on and top is we need to keep the ball for periods of time and Nathan in the middle are well capable yeah I agree with Mark I think he makes a good point about players are going to be comfortable on the ball going because we might come under a bit of pressure uh, against a good England side and it will be a good England side and you've got to have guys it's comfortable taking the ball giving your defence a bit of respite and I think if you look right from the back through the midfield delighted young Gilmore's in there I'm really delighted I hope he shines tonight because he's a fantastic talent I know there's question marks about a Donald down the right hand side a lot of people would have probably went for Patterson but he's went for a bit of experience there and delighted to see Adams and Dykes because as much as you say, well, it's very positive, two up front away from home, Adams is such a good player that he can come in there and play that number 10 role as well and leave Dykes and then just go and feed off the scraps. I think it's got a good balance to it. I'm looking forward to it. I think that I, I like the two up front, but it's not just the two up front. I think if they press properly and they press for the front and it allows Scotland's line to get high, then that's when you'll benefit two at the front if you've got two at the front they're just sitting off them and letting them have the ball at the back then you're as well having another midfielder in there for me so if you've got the two up the front press them and attack them and, and make sure that you're putting them under pressure right for the off because if they play a back four which you expect uh, England will then it's difficult to deal with two strikers in a back four if it's done properly I can't recall anyone who made his full competitive debut for Scotland against England and at Wembley but Billy Gilmer is asked to play against these English players week in, week out for Chelsea. Whenever called upon, he's asked to play against these guys. So he's there because he's entitled to be there. Mm. I like Adams and Dykes up front because I think it's a statement of intent from the manager. That he understands the significance of the occasion tonight and that Scotland must get something out of this match. And he's always accused of being too conservative and... At the other end of the extreme, a bottler. Well, that's not a bottler's team. Right, what do you make of that team? 01419511025. If you were hoping for a weak England team, I'm afraid I can't give you that, but we'll give you the England team very soon. And after these, we're going to send someone to see Scotland against Croatia on Tuesday. At Wembley. This is the beginning of an This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We are live from Scotland HQ down at Drygate Brewery, building up to kick off in one of the biggest international games in living memory. It's England against Scotland at Wembley. Stevie Clark has named his team. You lot have been debating it all week, and he's, it seems like he's, a, he's in agreement with lots of you. He's not, never going to please everyone, but Billy Gilmore's in. Shea Adams is in. There's a return for Callum McGregor. Scott McTominay goes into that back four. Now, let me give you the England team for tonight. 
just in case that you were hoping that maybe they would make a few changes and they would they would weaken the side and take us lightly. I don't quite think that's happened. Pickford and goal. It's going to be a back four of James, Stones, Mings and Shaw. The two defensive midfielders, Phillips and Rice. Then how's about this for an attacking trio? Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling and Mason Mount. And they're behind that man, the skipper, Harry Kane. A reminder, just what we're up against tonight. Anyway, well, well, still feeling optimistic. Yeah, I am. They have made two changes, but it's not weakened. It's two full-backs. They've put an ja actual left-back in this time. Yeah, James and Shaw, <laughs> Manchester United and Chelsea, respectively. It's that front three, Gordon, that you're talking about. And then, obviously, Mount as well. Um, you know, Rice and Phillips. And I've got to say, I, Phillips never really caught my attention when I watched the English Premier League, but he certainly caught my attention the other night there. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, so, yeah, as I said to you earlier, as much as the pundits down south like to bum a little bit and let us know that how good they are and whatever, I think that Southgate knows that we're capable of going down there and causing a real upset, and that is a very, very strong England team. Because, Hugh, I'm loving all the positivity, loving the optimism. We're getting behind Stevie Clark. The team looks pretty good for uh -huh. most people. You know, why not? You've got to dream big. You've got to believe that, that we can do it. But at the same time, there's, there's going to have to be a balance there where you acknowledge that they are ranked fourth in the world, I think. Uh -huh. They're one of the pre-tournament favourites. We are ranked miles below that. We, we go into this as a, as, a as a serious underdog. One of the, who was it? I think it was maybe a caller the other night made the point. This is a little bit like one of our run-of-the-mill premiership teams going to take on Celtic or Rangers. You can always make the case and, and the teams will hope that th there's an upset. But if they're bang at it, it's going to make life very difficult for I, us. I could not possibly sit here and dismiss England, given the names you've just read out. But I don't think they're as good as they think they are. And I don't think they are potential winners of this tournament. And I think their performance against Croatia, there were parts of it that you would be able to criticise. I take your point, it's like a, a smaller club playing Celtic or Rangers. I answer the point by saying Ross County in the league and in the Betfred Cup beat Celtic home and away. Charlie, it's quite a formidable lineup, isn't it? It is, but you go through the full England squad and there's there's no many you would say, I would rather he was playing than him. Or yeah. it's They're unbelievable. They're playing at a high level. They're, um, they're top quality players and that's why they're favourites and that's why we are massive underdogs. That, that everybody's writing us off and it suits us but all the lads know in, in that changing room how good a team this is but everybody can be beaten and a lot of these lads play for their team I mean Gilmore's at Chelsea Robles at Liverpool they're favourites every week so they'll enjoy being underdog and hopefully we can go I mean McGinn's played in the, in the Premier League as the underdog and done brilliant against the top side so there's definitely there's definitely optimism there and hopefully Hopefully we can pull it off. Good, we're still optimistic, we're still hopeful. Don't forget you can phone in and give us your reaction to that. Team 0141951125. You can tweet us at Clyde SSB. But first of all, we've been building up to this all week. Let's do this. It's the Roger Hanna Bonanza. I'm just delighted I don't need to hear the words Roger Hanna Bonanza ever again. Honestly, it's been haunting me in my sleep, the name of that competition. But he is our resident stato. We named the competition after him and it's all been building up to this. Tonight is the night that someone will win tickets to see Scotland against Croatia at Hamden on Tuesday. And if you think tonight is big, depending how it goes, 
Tuesday might be even bigger. It's all thanks to Heineken, the official sponsor of Euro 2020. You can grab that down at your local key store. Please do enjoy it responsibly if you do, though. Now, throughout the last week, we've had four listeners win a Heineken hamper worth over £100. And now, as promised, all four are on the lines waiting to see which one of them is going to get their prize upgraded to the pair of tickets to Hamden. We've got Phil from Pollock, Mark from East Kilbride, Scott from Priest Hill and Jamie from Bishop Briggs. Charlie Mulgrew, you are the man with the most caps in the room. Mm. It's, not a, it's, it not a, it's not a tough field, to be fair. <laughs> it was tight. Uh, it's a bit of a lukewarm award. Hugh uh, was joint second. <laughs> so we've got the key store cup in front of us. We've got everybody's name in it. I want you to pick out and tell us who is off to see Scotland against Croatia at Hamden on Tuesday. Phil from Pollock. Phil from Pollock. Well done, Phil. Well done, Yes. Oh, damn, I'm Charlie boy. <laughs> oh, I'm Phil. Oh, yeah, Charlie boy. We were all clapping on Charlie boy. On it, he's done your turn there, Phil. I think I was going to say he had a sneaky look in, but if I say that, we'll get taken off. He genuinely didn't. That was just going to be a joke. You're not allowed to do that. Producer Callum is is, is almost having a fit here next to me. It's, it was all legit. Phil, how good is that? Top class, by the way. Brilliant. Cheers, Charlie. That's top class. Brilliant, mate. Ah, brilliant, Phil. Enjoy it. Now, here's the thing. Here's what you won't. Here's what you won't enjoy, Phil, because you're going to be the most popular guy in Pollock because somebody tries to get that second ticket. Who's it going to? Um, I'm going to get. Say it again. Who's going to go with you? You've got two tickets. Well, I've got two boys, and it's Father's Day and Sunday, so I'm, I might let the two boys go, and uh, we'll see how the Father's Day goes. A, a bit of bidding board, you know what I mean? Oh. How nice with that? I thought he was going to say, I'm going to see who gets me the best present. present. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would have done. But he's going yeah, to give them to either way. My, my oldest boys in London tonight, so they were looking forward to come back up to that. I'll be brilliant for the two boys. Ah, brilliant, Phil. Well, whoever goes, really hope you enjoy it. Well done. Congratulations on us, and hopefully you enjoy the occasion. Because by the way, what an occasion that could be! Yeah. Imagine we're Decider. in we're in good position to to get something. What a day that will be! Yeah, that will be I, the I, qualification from the group. Yeah. Well, as, as things stand, Mark, you know the, the Croatia Czech Republic games ended one one. So oh, yeah, as, yeah. everyone's got a point except. You know who. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so well done to the lads. Someone, whether it be Phil, his son's off to Hamden to see Scotland v Croatia, thanks to Heineken and Keystore. Hugh is right. The full-time whistle has gone. Croatia and Czech Republic have drawn one all, and I have no idea whether that's good hmm. or not. Does anybody want to argue one way or the other? I think it's a, a good result for us. Right. I'm the same as you. I'm trying to work it out in my <laughs> head if it's good or not, but I think it is. You know, it puts... It puts both teams in touching distance still. I mean, if Croatia had won that and they had the better chances, I think, in the, in the tail end of that game, you know, they're on three points. What we're looking at, you know, we need to win tonight to, to you know, give ourselves any realistic chance. I think it still puts us in with a fighting chance of getting a point tonight and beating Croatia possibly come Tuesday. Possibly affects the dynamic of the game uh, against Croatia because if we do not get anything tonight, Croatia will have one point going into the last game against us mm -hmm. and uh, there's more leeway where they're concerned than there is for us. Charlie, uh, you can make a case either way. It probably depends on whether you were setting your sights still on second place in the group or whether you're hoping for one of those best third teams because you know the arithmetic. Czech Republic are yeah. now on, on four points and they've beaten us, so... Yeah, Yeah, I think, I think actually the more I think about it, it's a good result because it, it, no matter what happens tonight, still get a a game against Croatia to get third spot in the group. Um, 
Is that right, aye? That yeah, would be right, yeah. wouldn't it? If, if we, we beat Croatia, then we're in third But a draw, a draw would do Croatia in that match. It wouldn't do for us. I know. Yeah, I know and it comes down to goal difference as well, Hugh. It depends how we go tonight. I, I, I think we've got to get at least a point tonight. If we're talking about being in the tournament and enjoying the tournament, it gives us another game to enjoy, doesn't it? If things go wrong tonight, it gives us another yeah, game to try and win and, and look forward to it and be optimistic about yeah, because we could, I mean, don't all laugh at once, you could still beat Croatia 5-0, and, and yep. you know, it gives you something something to play for, right, I'll let you lot recover from that outlandish prediction, it's 01419511025, keep your calls coming, you've now heard the team, are you happy with it, where are you on the, the nerves roller coaster? Is it is it optimism, is the fear, the dread, whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you, remember every caller who makes it on air during the show goes into the draw to win a retro Scotland top thanks to Greaves Sports, we will take more of your calls. Hi, I'm James Forrest. Scotland take on England in Group D Match Day 2. As it happens at Wembley. This is the beginning of it if This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Welcome back to Scotland HQ down at Drygate Brewery. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Mark Wilson, Gordon DL, Charlie Mulgrew, and Hugh Keevens. We are less than an hour until kick-off at Wembley. For the biggest of international games, England against Scotland, we've already given you the teams, so keep your calls coming and let us know how you feel. How are you feeling? How are the nerves? Where are you watching it? We are on Twitter at Clyde SSP. I wondered if we should start a competition to find out the most obscure location that somebody's watching the game. I think Mark might have won it out of the park already. Mark1980 on Twitter, Hugh, is watching from ho hotel quarantine at 3am in Brunei. Oh. We're going to struggle to beat that, oh, I think, aren't we? Yeah. Gonna, I, think, I think we will struggle to top that. Uh, Gary Oki is on. He just says, let's hope Gilmore runs the show. Indeed, Billy Gilmore does start for Scotland. It's a bet to nothing for Steve Clark. The public wanted him. The public have got him. So, the manager, his, his little bit is dry. He picked him. It's up to the player now. Yeah, pick up the phone. Let us know how you're feeling. You can tweet us as well. Now, the beauty of being live here at Scotland HQ at the Dry Gates, we've got some fans in as well, and they're going to be enjoying the game. And I must admit, right, for anyone who listened to Monday's show, we were joined towards the end after the game by Sean and Emil, who had the misfortune of not only watching Scotland get beat, but listen to us at the same time in their ear as the show's gone on. Now, the, the poor guys are in the same table again. Imagine that would mm -hmm. put anybody off for life. They're back for more. They're back to watch another <laughs> game with us talking nonsense behind them. He's given, Sean's got his Colin oh, Hendry no. T-shirt on. He was expecting Colin to be... Look, you're going to have to settle for Charlie Mulgrew. Infinitely more <laughs> handsome, but... You know, I, there's, there's not much we can do. We'll maybe get Colin. But in fact, he's down I there. I should have got easy for this. He, he was looking sharp. <laughs> oh, I was looking he well, big man. He, he was, he was On looking, fire. He was He'd screw in his Yeezys. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was looking sharp, I must admit. But anyway, Sean and Emil are back. Now, this is going to be an interesting social experiment, you two, right? Because when we left you on Monday, you were so down. You were feeling really down. Well, you, Emil, you were a bit more optimistic than Sean. He's like the prophet of doom, this guy. Um, we were feeling a little bit down after the game as we all were as the weeks progressed now we're here you're back you've seen the team do you start to believe again? Aye because you have to don't you? I think <laughs> after after Monday right, we were a bit better than than what we thought in the in the aftermath of that defeat we did create chances didn't we? just weren't anywhere near clinical enough but there was one thing that Sean and I were asking for and it was for that next team to be a bit more adventurous and you know on paper he sort of appears like he's doing that tonight. He's included Billy Gilmore, which we've, we were all asking for because he offers something. Um, 
and I guess do you still think this is conservative with a small C? No, no. I've said uh, for me that, that there are two ends uh, of the spectrum where Steve Clark's concerned. On at one end he's accused of being conservative with a small C, and at the other end he's accused of being a bottler. And I've said tonight this is not the team chosen by a bottler. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's gone for it. As far as I'm concerned, he's done the right thing at the back, and he's done the right thing up front. Yeah, I mean, Sean, you were calling for, I think, Nathan Patterson, if I remember right, on Monday. Uh, that would be the, the one that, that hasn't been been chosen. But th- there's, a, there's a temptation with international football where we can always do that. We focus on on the one that hasn't been picked and the one name that's not there. Overall, has that team got you feeling a little bit more... Oh, yeah, I mean, one out, of, one out of two ain't bad. Do you know what I mean? Um, and Adams is in there as well. As we were I, I mean, for. he was a shoo-in for yeah. me anyway. I mean, that was, that was, that was a, I mean, if he didn't start Adams, he can walk as far as I'm concerned. Um, no, one out of two is not bad. I, I still think on his, I don't know the the defence in his in his in the the post match whatever that was with the, whoever he was speaking to when he was, you know, defending O'Donnell and and you know saying. I I, I, I still I still I still think that he doesn't. If, if he's playing five three two, then he doesn't understand the formation. I think. Um, you know, he's, he, he he kept going on about. You know, O'Donnell's first job is to defend. Not, no, five three two is not. That's that's hmm. that's. It would or, be. Or, or it three, would, sorry, it, three, it, sorry, three five two. Apologies. It would be tonight, though, wouldn't it? Against well, this opposition. I, against against Raheem Sterling. Your first job's going to be defending. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's got no pace. He's, he, he's he'll get done. England know they can attack down the left and be successful. Um. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm quietly optimistic. Quietly optimistic. <laughs> but I, but I, 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 still believe that. I, I still, I still believe he shouldn't be playing. I still believe he shouldn't. I be would playing. quibble with your choice of words that Steve Clark doesn't understand the system. I would say that Steve Clark has achieved enough in the game, worked with the people that he has worked with, because, yes, thank you, he does understand the system. Emil, is this him optimistic? Is, is this him on a good day? It is, pretty much, aye. <laughs> and uh, he only gets worse after the more he drinks, you know. <laughs> do, you think, do you think the formation to do and the way he set the team up will get McGinn higher up the park? Because I think we missed that at, on Monday, didn't we? He's in his best just behind that striker. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. You'll get closer to the two strikers. And the fact there's two strikers there can maybe occupy the defenders and get them in these spaces between. But the important thing is to get up the pitch is the two strikers need to press mm-hmm. high up the pitch so we can get high up the pitch as a team win the ball and then we win it we're up high if we sit in a block and don't press they're just going to have the ball all day and I think with James playing right back and Shaw playing left back my opinion would be that's that's to get all the ball on the outside of Scotland's midfield in between the wing backs who'll be wide and occupied by the, the high wingers and they'll have all the ball here and they'll just keep rotating it so I think it's important Scotland have a trigger to press because it's important they all go together and the two strikers just go for it and everybody goes behind them, and I think I don't think it will happen. I think I think they'll sit deep and they'll, they'll absorb the pressure, and we might struggle to get out the I half. Think, I, I think Adam, I think Adams takes you up the pitch. Um, you're talking about there, Charlie, when we've not got the ball about how we're going to press. It's when we've got the ball how we get up there. And I think that the other night there and and Monday we were playing high balls up to Dykes. It was very hard for him. He was trying to flick on. nobody there. I think when you've got the quality of Adams up there, you can afford to put it in his feet. I think he's the kind of guy. He's a very, very good player. He's got a terrific touch. He then 
he dictates where you play the game. Centre forwards dictate where you play the game. And if he can get the ball in there with Dykes and hold it in, that allows McGinn to go and support. As long as he doesn't get it, but he's throw. As long as he can get that's, it. Well, get that's it what happened on Monday. Aye, as long as he can get it somewhere and take a touch, hold on to it for a couple of seconds, and it brings the team up. If he gets up at his throat and he's to flick it on, he'll be mm. flicking it on. He'll not be flicking it on to anybody. It'll be too deep. So that's why I think they need to go up the pitch. Mark, it'll be interesting to see how high we do go because one thing you can say about that back three is extremely quick yeah. Kieran Tierney Scott McTominay and Grant Hanley we saw that the other day that once Grant Hanley gets up ahead the steam is extremely quick as far as back threes go it's pretty pacey you just wonder it's maybe not in Steve Clark's nature as, as everyone knows a bit more pragmatic but you just wonder if we, if we could afford to, to be a bit higher I know they've got great pace on yeah. the attack as well well I think he had to pick that back three because of what he's up against you know Sterling Kane uh, and Foden extremely quick you look at the full backs as well for England extremely quick maybe Shaw not so much so you have to have an element of pace there but I keep harking back to the, the game against the Netherlands and, and the first goal that we get and that first half that first 45 in particular how high we pressed a team with bags of pace as well and we got a reward for it we were brave but you can only do that when you've got Tierney and Hanley and, and McTominay is relatively quick as well so it's a positive formation, it's a positive uh, you know, choice of personnel and Charlie's right, it has to start from the front though. I, I don't think we can just sit back and allow England to mm. come again and again because their midfield can pick a pass that will just cut you open yep. and, and you're up against it right away. And my, my opinion about, the, about coming for the front, that'll determine how high your line could be because if our, our line's too high and there's no pressure on the ball at the front, the pace they'll just put her in behind when they've got time to pick up their heads and find that pass in behind they'll just keep getting in behind so it's important that our front two if they're going to be on the front foot need to put pressure on them and then that can bring the line up Sean how good I is this though the, the, you know the occasion right obviously we hope we hope the football goes well and that will impact the mood greatly but you guys are in here I'm assuming you've probably been elsewhere in the city today you'll have sensed it that the excitement the anticipation we're seeing the scenes from London as well this is what it's all about. We, we need the football to go well, obviously, but how good is it to, to be here and, and enjoy it? I mean, the atmosphere in the city is phenomenal. Brilliant, isn't um, it? I mean, I, I, yeah, unbelievable. I've, I mean, I've not, I've not seen the city like that in a, in a long, long time. Um, I, I, I think what, what the guys were saying, I think looking back on the game on, on Tuesday, one thing that really disappointed me, and this is me, this is me being an, an actual football fan rather than anything else, one of the things that actually disappointed me was the amount of long balls we played. Yeah. And... and and Dyke struggled. I mean, he, I mean, the, you know, he really, really struggled. Whether, whether we can go into feet with with with, uh, with Adams, I don't know. I, I I don't know if we'll be able to pass through the England midfield. So I think again, you're you're almost forcing the ball up up long again, hmm. and you're relying on Dykes to, to get the knockdowns, whatever uh, Adams to pick up the second think, ball. I think with Kieran Tierney playing there will step in, so the passes will be shorter. Hopefully, you think so? Well, I think. With him being there, he'll add more because he can step in and break lines, in my opinion, and he can he takes responsibility on the ball, so he'll play these shorter passes. That's what I hope. That's probably the best I case think, scenario. I think you're 100% right, Charlie, because if you look, I think that's why McTominay has been put back onto the right-hand side because it gives you the balance. You're Tierney doing it in the left with Robertson yeah. and McTominay doing it in the right. We've got to keep the ball. If we keep the ball, if we give the ball away cheap tonight with long balls, we'll just invite pressure. They've got quality. Thank you very much to Sean and Emil who are enjoying the game down here at Scotland HQ. We'll maybe catch up with you guys after the game and uh, see how you're feeling, see if you're still feeling as, as optimistic. Let's hear from the man himself, the man who has 
an unbelievable job on his hands tonight. He's had to pick up the team after Monday's disappointment. He's had to focus on some positives, fix the negatives, pick a team for tonight. And ultimately, let's be honest, if we win this game tonight, Stevie Clark will never have to buy another drink in Scotland ever again. Let's hear from the it's manager. He's trained the last two days. Uh, so he's available for the whole game. It's not really about a season mentality. It's, it's about having a balanced and fair reflection on a, on a game of football. I'm not sure we got that after the game the other night, but that game's in the past and we look forward to the next game against very tough opponents in England. We've got good professionals in the squad, they're used to playing in big matches, big players want to play in big games and they don't come, they don't come much bigger than this one. Uh, Charlie, just quickly on Kieran Tierney, that was obviously the start of that clip. I feel like this is a bit an obvious question, but I'm looking for your expert insight having played with him a lot. Why is it such a boost that he's back? The main thing about Kieran Tierney is he takes responsibility. So uh, Cooper played well the other night for me. He'd, he'd done he'd done quite well. He'd done his job all right. But Kieran Tierney gives that extra bit of uh, takes a bit more responsibility. He takes the ball and he drives forward. It's almost as if he wants to play left wing back and he wants to play left back and he's pushing up forward on that left hand side. And he, he's perfect with, with Andy Robertson on that side. He'll go past him. He'll go inside him. He'll make the runs. He's got the fitness. He's got the power and he, he, he's determined, he'll have shots, he'll have crosses, and he wants to influence the game, and I think that's the main thing Kieran Tierney brings, he's a massive boost for Scotland tonight. Keep the calls coming, 01419511025, remember if you make it on air, you're in the draw to win a retro Scotland top, thanks to Greaves, some of the guys have got them on looking pretty sharp, I must admit now we're joined by Cassie from Bowie at Breakfast, how are you, what a shift this is, this must be past your bedtime, well, you're never really going to make the full time whistle, does it? Well, we can't be paying you for this surely, you just <laughs> well, hear I might, the I might your invoice for it, because it's kind of so. half work, I don't think so, you're going to make it to full time, you Back or it was Friday night. You're off tomorrow, are you? Yes. Oh, you're fine. Now nah, you're good. Then. Nah, you're fine. You're, <laughs> don't do the British you're, you're, you're going. I'm, listen, see, see these Euros. It's like the school holidays. I am all over the place with days, <laughs> and also the pundits are changing. I need the pundits in my life to tell me what what days it is. So all over the place. But Cassie, you've got you've got a very unique insight to Scotland v England matches because uh, your dad, of course, was part of the staff with the Scotland national team. I don't know how many people know this. Um, explain what that what that role was and uh, tell us a little bit about the ordeal he had at Wembley when the sides met in 96. Yeah, so he was a player liaison officer. Well, they, he kind of got a demotion or a promotion, I don't know what you'd want to call it, but he was a masseur to start off with, but he was in the squad for two European Championships, <coughs> two World Cups. So he's got many, many stories that he tells over the dinner table and I thought, well, I might just sit him down and do like, a podcast with him one day, but I decided to have a chat with him Archie Knox, Craig Brown, got them all back together, trying to get them on Zoom was like an episode of Still Game. Oh my, it was yeah. like Hugh Keevens working his Nokia. I, I, it was like that, yeah. Um, but it was a great laugh. And to be honest, I just wanted to get them back together because I knew that he would absolutely love it. And it just meant that it took him out my mum's sight for a wee while as well. So, And it was nice to see him on Zoom because I've not actually <laughs> been with them for about a year and eight months because of COVID. So, so what was he saying about that? Well, I was going to say famous, infamous. If I need to see that Paul Gascoigne go one more time, my shoe's going through the telly. It's been overplayed like nobody's business. What's what's he been telling you about the nature of these games? Um, well, he's get, most of his memories are more like the laughs and the jokes that they had in the back room. So one that he had from Wembley was that he get hit by a hot dog by an English fan. <laughs> he was basically, they had to pace him down the pitch at the start and he was kind of going around the sidelines and stuff and then they were going to sing the national anthem. And he took a moment to stop and he kind of like took a moment. I think he was with Professor Hillis, the doctor, the team doctor. So they both stood together. 
and he said he just felt this like almighty thud in the back of his head but he said he could feel the mustard and the tomato sauce <laughs> <laughs> just pouring down his neck and he looked at the professor and the prof had it like all over him and he turned around and he said the guy's like <laughs> and it was an English fan that had him um, so he's just think, like, things like that that he loves to tell he's probably told that story about 20 times to me so that's one of the stories in the in the chat and, and it was great to get Archie on board because Archie was such a laugh like he's just he's got quite a serious demeanour as well but I think once he once he oh, gets going oh he was going, not serious on this call if anything you couldn't get him to shut up so where, where can people <laughs> listen to it uh, it is on uh, YouTube at the moment, so you can just search for 43 Minutes in Bruins Backroom, or I've also tweeted it as well, um, and you can listen to it as well in audio version, and I've got a link to that on my Twitter too, so that's at CastCastG. Great stuff, I'm sure people will love the story, so go and check that out, I'm sure you'll absolutely uh, love the insight, the experience those guys are going to share. I'm just a bit worried because the, the guys in here, I can see there's tacos, there's chips, there's all sorts just being delivered. So if somebody gets one in the back of the head, we know who to blame. It's going to be one of you two. <laughs> it's not going to notice, though, who the actual athlete is. Keevans has got chips, DL and Wilson, tacos and chips, Mulgrew, bottle of water. Dundee United's Mulgrew, he was in training today, he's taking it seriously. Seen Ronaldo the other day. My body fat was just a wee bit over than that I wanted it to be, so I really starved myself. One portion of chips, if you go without one, that'll be you, you'll be back down. No, you're eyeing up Hughes. No, 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 but that will, that will just start me off. So I need to, that'll start me for the weekend. So I'll just give them a miss. Just out of curiosity, when we were talking about Zoom and I made the wee joke about Hugh, which to be honest is quite predictable. I make it every time we're on, but every time we've got someone new, have you ever seen Hugh's phone? Like genuinely, this is what he operates. This is what Hugh gives a look. This is what Hugh rolls with every day. Are you having that? <laughs> I thought you were playing Snake earlier. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a record for it. I don't even know what Snake is, but that's it. Never seen anything like that. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Lovely, Listen, lovely. It's unbelievable, isn't it? calls, Charlie. The, the, Old school, minimalistic. The next time you call me to complain about something, I'll, I'll be able to cut you off. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we won't cut you off if you phone 01419511025. How are you feeling about tonight? 40 minutes to go. Let's get a flavour of how the nerves are. Pick up the phone and we'll speak to you next. Hi, I'm James Forrest. Scotland take on England in Group D Match Day 2. As it happens at Wembley. This is, this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The countdown continues. 35 minutes till kick off at Wembley between England and Scotland. We've given you the teams, so keep your reaction coming. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, Gordon Viel have all finished their grub. Charlie McGrew is still here as well Starving. and they're all <laughs> waiting uh, to hear from you. Good I think we were about to speak to Jerry, who's just disappeared, but that's fine. We've always got one uh, lined up. Let's bring in Brian. Brian, how are you feeling? How are the, the nerves, the optimism, excitement? What, what is it? What's the main emotion you've got at the moment? Can you hear us, Brian? Have you got us? Hmm, I don't think so. Struggling to hear Brian. Hiya. Flabbergasted. Oh, oh there he's back. Back. <laughs> back. Hey, I'm Brian, here. How are you feeling? I'm feeling, uh, feeling good, but I'm just looking at the tables and I think a, a draw is imperative. If we don't get a draw tonight, we'll certainly me out. I was just going to be looking at other, other groups and it's like it's a must. A draw is at least a must tonight. I mean, I don't really want to go time to go through the groups, but looking at Switzerland sitting group A, one point. They're going to play the Whitten Boys Turkey. Imagine four points. Finland's on three. Lady. Oh, so on three already from that group. 
And then Spain sit third in a group. Spain's obviously going to win the last, last two games. And Germany sitting with zero points. So it's imperative that we get at least a draw tonight. Obviously beat Croatia. It was a great result today for us, I think. Croatia and Czech yeah. Republic. It might have been better for Czech Republic to win, but we must, if we don't win, if we don't get a draw tonight, we're certainly out. So we don't have to go and go for it. And, and, and I quite like that. Brian's done his research because three points can do it for you, Gordon. The yeah. last year was Portugal drew three games, got through and went and won the thing. I think Wales went through in three points as well and, and did ever so well in the tournament. Um, but look, th- th- this, w- this would be our luck. We-, we would stumble into it in the year where three points might not be enough. I and mean, when you look at some of the the other groups, you certainly want to give yourself a, a fighting chance by getting something. Yeah. I'm with Brian. Uh, Mark and I and Charlie were looking at it as well during the break. Um, the table's corner. It will be very difficult if you don't get anything. I and looked it, over your shoulder. That, that didn't look like what you. No, no, no. We were we're doing a lot of homework. <laughs> I think, but I think Brian copied our uh, sort of a the way we're about our business tonight. But I think we've got to concentrate. If we can get out of here, worst a point. Take your chances. Will we we'll, we'll take your hand off for that just now? Can we get the victory? Of course we can, but we'll need to ride our luck a little bit. Um, but if we come out of here and we lose a one or two, especially with the goal difference, we've already lost two goals, we've not scored any. We played Croatia in the last game, we'd need to batter them about 6 0 or 5 0 to even give ourselves a chance. So tonight, I think we've just got to put everything, all our eggs into one basket for me. The longer it goes, without England scoring the better it is for us if they get an early goal you bang up against it so I'd like to see two things we score first and the English part of the crowd at Wembley starting to get uh, slightly agitated with their own team because I think Gareth Southgate earlier in the week touched on the fact that people go on about our bottle and our nerve and how we withstand this experience tonight what about them? If we score first? Yeah, yeah I mean, Brian, what about the, the team that Stevie Clark's picked tonight? Are you having that? Are you happy with it? Are you feeling better about it than maybe you were on Monday? Yeah, certainly that's what I just about to say. I know that Stevie Clark would ever sort of admit um, it, but I think he has bowed to public pressure, I think, for quite a number of players coming in. I mean, Billy Gilmer's by far, maybe Tierney aside and Robertson, probably the, certainly the most gifted player that Scotland's got. I'd like to, I'm a Celtic fan, of course, but I'd still like to see him and Nathan Patterson in there as well, but it's good that he has he has changed it up. He shook it up a fair bit. And ultimately, I was a wee bit upset. I mean, it took 23 years to get here. The first game we played with a wimper, you've got to go for it. You've got to go for it. Go for it. All guns blazing. That's what the fans want to see. But tonight, yeah, I settle for a, I a cagey draw. I wonder about the, the perception, you know. If, if Andy Robertson's chance goes in in the first half, we, you know, we've got various others, we, we probably don't get accused of, of not going yeah. for it. You know, Charlie... You'll have played in so many big games. It's really about getting the big moments right, and everything else then follows. Yeah, we definitely had our chances. So when you say go for it, Brian, what do you mean? How how do you go for it? I think it was. I think the first game. I think they were too tentative. It's more so like don't don't lose this game, but I'm trying. One, I know we had 19 chances, but I played amateur for years. When you say tentative, what what would you do to make it more? What would you do to make it? more bold or more attacking the midfield was bypassed in the first game basically putting up the high ball to, to London Dykes to try and hold up for somebody coming through Ryan Christie who's I don't know he's even a Celtic fan I don't think he's don't think he's like a, a guy to lay off the striker I just think even London Dykes I would have liked to have mixed it up a bit but I've done like I've seen Forrest playing tonight I think London Dykes I okay, he holds, holds it up well Forrest. I agree with you I, I'd have played I, Forrest I, 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 
I think Steve Clark would have come in for so much criticism. Nothing to do with Forrest ability. I'm a massive Forrest fan. But lately he's not played enough football for me. Mm. I think I think tonight the pace of this game against this team is going to be 100 mile an hour. <laughs> I think Forrest coming on the other night as a sub, he looked he looked lively, he can give us something. I think he'll play a big part, uh, Charlie. You play the, If you play Forrest in the wing-back position tonight, You've got some shift against that that front four. Right. Well, whatever you want to I call wouldn't it. have played them in the, in the, the, the so you'd have changed the system. I'd have changed my system, which yeah. he's never going to do. So it's it's probably pointless even saying it. But I would like to see. I think James is probably our best attacking player. Arguably, he travels with the ball. He gets us up the pitch. I would have James in a forward area um, to be a bit more attacking, but it'd be a totally different system, which the manager's never going to play. So. As well, just talk about the system he's done. Okay, thank you very much to Brian. 01419511025. Brian's in the hat for the Retro Scotland top. Thanks to Greaves Sports. You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB if you want to get in touch that way as well. Uh, we are building up to kick off. Where are we? Half an hour to go. The nerves are building in here. Goodness knows what it will be like uh, at Wembley. Um, we are live at Scotland HQ at Drygate, which means it's great. We've got a live audience as well, so we can get calls, we can get tweets, we can speak to people in the audience as well. I think we've got Joseph in front of us. Is that right, Joseph? Yes, he's got his face mask on, looking safe. Joseph's from Newton Stewart. He's got a question for the panel. Take it away. My, pa <laughs> my pal has just written that in my name. No idea, mate. Oh, it says, why does Stevie Clark keep sticking by Stephen O'Donnell? She needs to, he needs to get the young boys in, I think. That, okay. That's the problem. All my pals are saying the same. We need to get the young boys in. We need to try and make a change. Mm -hmm. Can let let everybody have a shot. Well, Billy Gilmore's that, that, in. That's 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 what we're. we're it's saying. not a set of swings. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't say what are the Euros? Don't say what's in the car. <laughs> I have no idea. Go off and give somebody else a chance. <laughs> no, but okay. Everybody needs to get a shot. Half a roundabout is my turn. There is a serious, there's a, there's a, there's a serious question in there somewhere, and you'll know why. Why does Stevie Clark keep sticking with Stephen O'Donnell? There's the, why. Why do you think that would be, Charlie? Listen, see, see, he's a manager. Well, I've never been a manager, but I've worked under plenty of managers. Managers need to get a trust with their players. And Stephen O'Donnell's clearly one of the players that he, he trusts. He had him at Kilmarnock playing a certain defensive system. He's now at Scotland playing a different formation, but the same sort of defensive block system, and he trusts him. It's important he has that trust. The other night, he, he never had his best game, but he's been great for Scotland. He's got Scotland. He's been part of the team that have got Scotland qualified. He's kept plenty of clean sheets in, the, in a back five. And he's, I think that he's, um, he's, he's playing him because he trusts him. I think he's been vilified the last couple of days, unfairly. Now, i Charlie. I don't think he played his, his best game for Scotland the other day, but I think there's been plenty of occasions that he has you know, played above himself. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, you know, uh, he's, he's contributed in terms of goals. He's played as a part of a solid back five at times, where, you know, even in Serbia, um, where we were up against it uh, at times, he was, he was part of a solid unit. And, like Charlie says, he trusts him. So I think people should start getting off his back and, uh, and move on. But Parson is a good player, and he's, he will be Scotland's right back, I think, or right wing back in years to come. But this just came perhaps a um, wee bit too soon for him. I was get, the obvious one. I was getting stick on Twitter saying, "Ah, you're you're all defending Stephen O'Donnell because he, he plays for Motherwell." You know, we can have a, a laugh about that side of things. But see, see, genuinely, any any player, regardless of who it is, 
Do you just think it's a bit weird to kind of pick one guy and act as if our Euros hopes are, are going to hinge on, on this one I don't one think guy? The, the emergence of Nathan, Nathan Parson has helped him. Yeah. I think it's killed him. Everybody's just waiting on him. That failing so they can say get the young lad in they've never and, and the young lad how many games has the young lad played was, for Rangers this year the other day there Gordon you, you brought the point up in the show the other night where the boss slipped under his feet and everybody you could feel it even in here yeah. oh there you go he shouldn't be in the team yeah. and you're right Jack Henry did that a couple of minutes later nobody really mentioned that so Charlie's right everybody's looking to the, jump the, in him the straight thing away. is opinions is absolutely fine a lot of people believe Nathan Patterson's a better player which is fine I don't think I don't even think Anyone would disagree with that. Everybody knows Stephen O'Donnell operates at the at the lowest level of, of the squad, if you like. But it just seems of it just seems a strange narrative where having a good game in Serbia, then you know, no one really mentions it. And then when he has David Alaba in his back pocket, who's going to Real Madrid in the summer, no one really mentions it. But then when there's a bad moment, then everybody's there to remind you, you that he to. plays for Motherwell, and yeah. that, that's the bit, Hugh, that. Because it's a great debate. Nathan Patterson's yeah. a brilliant player. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. seems strange to pick any player and, and emphasise it the way that people are doing. From time immemorial, Celtic and Rangers players have always been uh, vilified or glorified by the Scotland support. Obviously, there's a Rangers supporters lobby for Nathan Patterson, and that is not to say that he is not an outstanding player. And I agree with Mark Rose. But see, see, to be fair, it's not just that because you think Nathan Patterson should play. So it's a perfectly valid opinion to have, but, but it's not going to offend anyone. I think if you're going to criticise the manager, that there has to be an agreeable level of criticism, and to say, get all the young boys in. I mean, Charlie has mocked it, and rightly so. This is Wembley Stadium, Euro 2020. This is Foden and Sterling and Kane and Mount and all the rest of them. Get all the young boys well, out for. Funnily enough, I think Craig is on a similar theme. So Craig is in West Lothian. What are your thoughts on this, Craig? I think you're pretty clear you think Nathan Patterson should be playing tonight. Uh, yes. At first, I thought I understood why O'Donnell would be picked as he's a lot more experienced. I understood that from the start of the Euros. I expected it to be O'Donnell. And Patterson maybe just get some experience game time here and there. But the thing is, people keep saying Patterson is inexperienced. So that would say that he would more than likely make some mistakes because of his age and because of the lack of game time he's had. But from watching that first game, it just looked like O'Donnell was playing like an inexperienced player himself. Like he was making so many mistakes. It was unbelievable. Like the amount of times he was making awkward passes that were putting the check through and goal. Uh, the one time we actually looked like we were getting something in the first half, Christie taking it by a couple of players who ran right into him. Like, I, I understood why O'Donnell was the first pick, but after his performance in the first game, I don't see why uh, Patterson shouldn't have started today because any time Patterson has played, I haven't seen Patterson make a mistake. And I've rarely actually seen him make a mistake for Rangers either this season. So I just think when you've got a player that underperformed in the last game and was given the opposite team quite a few opportunities, then that was maybe the time to say, right, maybe the young boy deserves to be judged on his talent rather than judged on his experience because it's not but as if a, you look at first game, Gordon, sorry, if you look at first game, you're picking on O'Donnell here and O'Donnell, and I think Charlie made a great point, it's because of the emergence of Patterson coming through, it's the fact that he's played at Kilmarnock under Steve Clark as well and you get back to the old cliche, oh he must be the favourite he's talking about the first game there I would take maybe Robertson out of the equation. 
McGinn was non-existent in the first game. McTominay was non-existent in the first game. Christie, who's been left out, Dykes was non-existent. So I don't think we can just lay all the blame at O'Donnell because he ran into a player. That happens. It was the guy's first Euros. Did he have his best game? No, he didn't. But does he deserve to be left out completely? After getting this there, what about, and you mentioned it, all the good games that he's had, nobody seems to bring that up. It's only because of the way Patterson's come on the scene, and we'll all agree, we're not disagreeing, this guy is a fantastic player, he's going to be one for the future, but I understand why Steve Clark's went with O'Donnell tonight. Mark Craig says Stephen O'Donnell made so many mistakes on Monday. Would you go? Stevie Clark obviously doesn't agree. He defended it. What, what, what do you think? No, I, I think that's in, incorrect. I, I disagree with Craig there. Now, I said just a couple of minutes ago, did he have his best game? No, he didn't. Yes, he did run into Ryan Christie. If there's one criticism I would level at, at Stephen O'Donnell, he was maybe a wee bit tentative in, in passing, where I've seen him playing in a Scotland shirt before, where he will drive and take us up the pitch and he'll play forward passes. I think that one of the things he was guilty is was just turning back a lot. But Daz has just mentioned it there. So so was our top players. Our top mm. players continually passed mm. along the back three or back mm. into the back three. So he wasn't the only one. But just uh, for me, it just comes back to the fact that he plays for Motherwell and people see that, like you said, as the lowest level and he's the easy target so, and it shouldn't have been that way. We'll see, to be fair. Craig, Craig puts it in a way that we've maybe not really had this week. At least Craig is, is backing it up well. I like the argument there because if you're talking about, well, you're playing O'Donnell for experience and then you're saying, well, he ran into Christie, you know, that can happen, it was his first Euros, he's bound to be nervous, blah, blah, blah. Then is the experience actually counting for as much as, as people hope it's going to? But that said, I haven't to, although we didn't see McGinn run into McTominay or that, they were non-existent. I think Nerves did get to a lot of the even bigger Scotland players. Andy Robertson, I thought, was the exception from that. He, he looked just like he plays at that level all the time. By he, the way, though, could say it was a nervous finish when he was put through on goal. Exactly. There you go. So Nerves does play a part. Uh, Dykes never had the greatest game. Nobody's scheming for Kevin Nisbet to start. Yeah. Do you know there what I mean? Go. Because I don't know why, but they're scheming for... Stephen O'Donnell not to play so he's unfashionable as everyone says he's unfashionable and he's an easy target I naively thought that with 20 minutes until kickoff, we would just have a bit more sort of like, let's do it anyway let's look forward to it and get, get behind everyone but it's all about opinions thank you to Craig 01419511025 more of your calls next